Well, actually, Laura, come and join me in a minute. Uh, it's wonderful to be back here with you. Yeah, you can be seated. Um, that was our largest graduating class. Uh, 2015, we realized we'd fished the pond out in Geneva and sought the Lord for a year what to do, and he said to move an hour away to Lausanne, and we opened up with the biggest class ever, and we graduated and three years later, changed our format. Uh, Raymer is always looking to do things better, do more, and it was just a wonderful time in Switzerland. All those people come from a bunch of different churches. I think they represent like 20 different churches, and they're pastoring, and they're leading, and they're helping, and uh, just exciting to see how their lives have changed during those three years, and I think you saw the, the, the fellowship, the friendship that's, uh, that's uh, made, made during that time. This morning, I showed some uh, books, and I wanted to show two others, because we're in healing school, and we love healing school. Uh, healing is the children's bread. So I don't know if you need healing tonight. Uh, we're going to have a little time of prayer at the end. Laura's got a strong anointing for healing. She'll come and share a few testimonies. Um, but if you need healing tonight, just get ready to receive. Amen. Jesus provided it. And we just can be channels for that. But I wanted to show you two books. Now, this is one of our books. This is our best-selling book in, uh, in France. It's called Health Food. How, how many of you have this book? Wow. You should have this book, every one of you. You can go and place your orders there. They only have, I think, one copy, maybe two copies here, but you should, every one of you. Brother Hagen said every night before he went to sleep, he would make sure he'd read something on healing and something on faith every night. If you know his story, I presume you do. Um, he was born uh, prematurely, infirm, and he got his healing by faith. But he said he had to keep his healing. And we keep our healing by faith as well. And this is just extraordinary. I have pastors calling me all the time from across France saying, we've had another lady healed. She was reading this book, got healed of cancer. And this book, we just keep having to reprint it. In fact, the offering you've just given will help us print and reprint new and old books. That's what we're going to put it into. And then this book just came out by our dear friend, Mark Brzee. And he has a really strong healing anointing. And it's the same. It's, it's, it's 365 days of healing. And I would encourage you to have both of them. Uh, sometimes it's good to leave one one year, another another year, but this is excellent. We've had Mark in our church many times. The first time he came to Nice, Mike and Beth came with him. Pastor Mike and Beth came with him. And they reminded me of something that happened. We went to a small home group. The church was just starting. We'd started like two weeks before. And uh, uh, Pastor Mike was teaching on the woman with the issue of blood. And there was a lady who was there for the first time, totally depressed, I mean, downhearted. We didn't know her situation. She had an issue of blood. He prayed for her. She got saved, and about 30 people joined the church. That's how our church grew. I mean, it's just extraordinary. When I, I was spe speaking really bad schoolboy French, I knew just enough to know that my interpreter didn't understand the message of faith. So I said, I'm just going to throw caution to the wind. With all my mistakes, I prefer to know what I'm saying than have someone destroy what I'm saying. And Laura, she couldn't speak a word of French. Can you imagine my, she was hogtied. I mean, she just, but she laughed a little bit then. Hallelujah. But I really encourage you, get these books and read them and uh, uh, just, just stir yourself up. You know, healing is not for other people. It's for every one of us. I got a very simple message, and we're going to intertwine it with, with some, uh, some testimonies. But the word the Lord gave me was um, obedience and healing. I'm not talking about your obedience for your healing. I'm talking about obedience for that healing can flow out of you. And every one of you should, maybe, I, can I ask the question? How many of you already prayed for someone and they've been healed? Now, we know that Jesus heals, don't we? 
We know that we don't heal, but he uses us, and it's just a huge privilege. Amen? But every one of you should want to put up your hands and your feet and go, yeah, God's doing it all the time through me because we are ambassadors, and I think one of our signs of being an ambassador for Christ is that we're praying for people to be healed. And just sitting there just now, the Lord said, please don't be afraid to touch people. We're living in a society that's afraid of germs. Jesus came down from glory, became a man, and he touched people with leprosy, which is contagious. He touched the most ugly and the most awful diseases, and he was not concerned because he knew what was in him was far greater than what was in them. And I would just encourage you, people need that touch, that love. Uh, he, was, he was moved by compassion. Are you coming up? Yeah. I don't have a microphone, though. Ah, it's there. Oh, you came too quick. He was moved by compassion, and he touched people, and you need to go and touch them because... <laughs> One thing you have, you have hands, and we sung some most beautiful songs. Is Clarice? Thank you for those songs. Wonderful. But you know, we lift our hands to the Lord. We're told that Paul tells us that everywhere everyone should lift their hands and praise to God. But we're also told to lay hands on the sick, to touch them. You want to share it? Yeah, I want to tell you a story. Okay, I'm the oldest of seven kids, born in nine years, a good Catholic family. And anyway, my mom was a happy hugger. She said, you need 10 hugs per day to maintain your your emotional emotional well-being, but 14 if you wanted to grow. So I grew up with these bear hugs, crack your back, and you knew you got hugged. So when I went to France, I missed my mom's hugs. In French, everybody kisses on the cheeks. And you touch cheek to cheek. The lips don't touch. If you leave the lipstick, you rub both cheeks. So anyway... So I went to France, so I taught the people in our church how to hug. And they think it's wonderful. They'd never been hugged. And so anyway, we had this one uh, guy from Ivory Coast, and his parents were uh, ambassadors to Israel from Ivory Coast. And he was a drummer. And he had lots of friends because he was at university. And um, he said, oh, to this girl that he knew, he said, you must come to church and meet my pastor. He goes, why do I want to meet that white woman? So he came, she came in, little tiny things, a twin. Olivia came in. Was Olivia? Patricia. Patricia. There's the twins. Patricia came in, and I gave her a huge hug. She said, who's this woman hugging me? She sat down, sat through praise and worship, listened to the message. And in the end, God told me there was people there that had problems in their back. And, the, the, and so I stood up and said, there's people here who have pain in their back, and Jesus is going to heal you. Now, her dad is a Christian but her mom is a Muslim. So she thought, I don't got nothing to lose. So she comes forward, and I lay hands on her, and God heals her instantly. Now, that was about 10 years ago. Yeah. Anyways, then her twin sister got saved. Then she brought her big sister, and she got saved. Then she brought her little sister and got saved. And then she just got married about two weeks ago Mm -hmm. in Ivory Coast. But you guys, one out of three French people live alone. And people are lonely in France. Mm -hmm. And so they want to be touched, but you have to be introduced. But, you know, we're introducing them to Jesus. Yesterday we we got Okay. You come back in a minute, okay? (laughs) She can tell stories all evening. 38 years we've been together. She keeps me in check. I keep her in check. It works well. Proverbs 15, 15. It says, all the days of the oppressed are wretched. But the cheerful heart 
has a continual feast. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful... Do you have a cheerful heart? I'll ask you another question. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Because if Jesus is the Lord of your life, you should have a cheerful heart. Whatever you're going through is irrelevant if you know that you have a place in heaven and that heaven has a place in you. Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I don't know if you're taking medicine at the moment. You know, if you need to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. If you prescribe something, take it. But please don't take it without taking the word of God as well. That's the best medicine. But he says, a merry heart does good like a medicine. I don't know if you know the story of uh, Dodie Osteen. She was told in 1981 that she was going to die of cancer. She had six weeks to live. And they said, we can keep you here in the hospital, keep you kind of sedated so you won't suffer or you can go home. She said, I'm going to go home and I'm going to put in practice what my husband's been preaching all these years. And she went home and she did two things. She searched the scriptures, found all the scriptures through healing, spent two hours every day, and if I've understood correctly, she still does, because she's still alive, 38 years later. And she also watched something funny every day to make her laugh. It's good. A merry heart does good like a medicine. Amen? Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Another translation says, guard your heart above all things, because from it comes the wellspring of life. Do you know why you're here on earth? Amen. I think everybody wants to know what God's will is for them. Can I tell you what God's will is for you? Do you like to know? Wow. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. I was taught that the Word of God is a continual revelation. We have to keep reading. I don't know how many times you've read the Bible, but you need to keep reading it. Because every day it will speak to you, and you'll find something new. And I was told as a very young Christian, two things that I needed to do to read the, the Bible so it would always stay light to me. You also need to read it every day until you find a promise. And then once you've found the promise, you have to ask yourself the next question. So you've found your promise, then you have to say, what do I need to do? So that promise becomes a reality in my life. It's an eternal truth. But is it a reality in our life? We want it to become real in our lives, don't we? So what do we need to do? That will always bring you light, light in your life. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Now, some of you know this very well. But you know, knowing the Bible doesn't work. You have to do it. Jesus taught about two men that built their house on the sand, on, one on the sand, one on the rock. He said they both heard the same word. One didn't do it, the other did it. We want to build our house on the rock, don't we? What does it say? It says, rejoice evermore or always. Pray continually. Give thanks for all circumstances. Does it say that? Yeah, not for. You know, when a neighbor or a family member says they're sick, we don't go, hallelujah. We don't rejoice for that circumstance, but we rejoice in it. You could be going through a difficult moment at the moment in your marriage, in your business. Well, we don't rejoice for that difficult moment, but we rejoice that God is bigger than our problem. Yeah? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What are you here on earth for? I believe we're here to work with Jesus. 
And what is Jesus doing? Well, we know he's praying. Yeah? You know that, do you? Is he praying? Because I have people all the time say, no one cares about me, no one prays for you. Well, that's not true. Jesus is praying for you. I'm sure there are other people as well. I'm sure he's put you on other people's heart. But Jesus is praying for you. And we should pray for others. Any of you walk in your neighborhood? You walk in your neighborhood? One of the greatest exercises we can do is walking. And you should walk in your neighborhood. And you should pray for every house you walk by. And you should pray for every person in that house. Do you know your neighbors? Do you know their names? I'll give you some homework. I was a pastor for 33 years. We love giving homework. I hated homework when I was in school. I didn't like school very much either. That's probably why I'm a Bible school director now. God's sense of humor. But homework has to be useful and profitable, and this is good homework for you. Walk up and down your road and ask God that you can meet every one of your neighbors. Know them by name and pray for them. Some of them you'll find already know Jesus, and they're doing fine. Yeah? They may be out of church, and then you need to invite them to this church. If they're in another church and they're happy, you leave them there. That's good. And then you're going to meet others. They've never heard the gospel. Who's going to tell them? Jesus wants to build his church, but he needs us to work with him. You know, we often talk about how much we need Jesus, but Jesus needs us. And that's a good reason to get up every morning. Jesus needs me. And Jesus needs you. You got another story? Yeah. Now, I like to talk a lot. She does. I'm a woman. It goes with our sex. So anyway, I, the Holy Spirit kept telling me, this was few, quite a few years ago, kept saying, Laura, you need to read this little book, God's Medicine. This is the Medicine de Dieu. This is the French one. You've got it back there. Anyway, and I kept saying, but God, I've got to give this telephone call. I've got to take care of this person. And I was spending all my time taking care of business, but not taking care of his business. Do you know what I mean? And so we went in the back country about an hour and a half from Nice, and we were doing evangelistic outreach. And all of a sudden, my whole side of my face went down, and water was pouring out of the side of my mouth, and I couldn't drink, and my eye wouldn't shut. And I didn't know what happened. So the only doctor I had was a gynecologist. So I went to my gynecologist, and he looked at me, and he, he wrote a note and sent me to an ear, nose, eye doctor. Or first a doctor that put scans on my head to see if I had a brain tumor. And then, then an ear, nose, and eye doctor. And they both said, I'm sorry, you were a pretty lady. This will never get any better. You can never go to a cold place. It'll get worse. And I thought, I don't accept this. I'm going to start reading the medicine, the, you know, God's medicine, mm-hmm. and, and praying. And we did a conference that weekend. We spoke five times. And I would laugh and push my face back forward so I could talk. But by the next week, when I went back to see the doctor, he gave me some vitamins to take, too. By the next week when I went back, my face was totally healed. Sometimes we're so busy taking care of the world around us that we don't take care of ourselves. And one thing God spoke to me when tonight to share with you, he said, Sometimes you have to say, what season am I in? This morning I said, preparation is demonstration of your faith. Mm -hmm. And we all desire to release the power of God that people might stop suffering and they could come to know Christ. But sometimes we so want to win them to Christ that we're not filling ourselves with Christ. Thank you, Laura. Yes. Good word, huh? 
So what is, what is God's plan for you here on earth? Well, to build a church with Jesus. Amen? Mark 16, 15. I think you know it, but are we doing it? It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world. Well, that could be here in Foothill. It could be at Forest Lake. It's where we've been staying with our dear friend John. It could be in California, but maybe it's somewhere else in the world. God told us to leave England, come here to the States. He told us when we were on honeymoon, we went on honeymoon to France. Laura had never been to France. And while we were on honeymoon, God says, you've got to go and share with the family and friends what you're going to go and share with uh, strangers. So we came back to the States and spent six, almost seven months here in the States, sharing across the States with family and friends about what Jesus had given us to do in France. And during that time, he told us to go to, to Rhema. Quite exciting. And uh, uh, then he told us to leave the States, go back to England, go to France. And now we go all over the French-speaking world. I don't know where you're called to go, but you have to start where you are. You have colleagues. You have neighbors. You have family members. If they feel free to talk to you about sickness, you need to feel free to talk to them about healing. I don't know if it's like it is in France, but in, 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 uh, here in America, but in France, they'll tell you the name of every doctor they've seen, every medicine they're taking. It seems with age, people want to tell you even more about their uh, dilemma. It's not always so exciting. But if they feel free to tell you that, you need to feel free to tell them there is another solution. He's called Jesus. And again, I'm going to say it again because it's really strong in my spirit. Reach out and touch people. Come and tell us about the butcher. Yeah. Is that what you're going to tell? Yeah. Good. So I like meat. I like a good steak. American steaks, on the whole, are corn-fed. European steaks aren't, so they don't taste as good, but they do great sauces. So anyway, usually on Tuesday, we would invite our, our daughter and son-in-law, who are the pastors of the church now, and our grandbabies over to eat, and our son would be there. So it was kind of like our get-together on Tuesday lunch. We'd have steak frites. Now, a steak is really thin, like almost a hamburger patty. Steak frites is steak and chips. That is steak the, and french fries. the classic chips French meal. Chips are potato chips here. Yeah. So French steak. fries. Steak and french fries. So anyway, John would call the butcher, and he would cut it before we got there. And then we'd go, and then we'd have to wait in line with everybody because it's just a tiny little store. So John goes in, and you can tell your part of the story. Yeah, so I walk in, and I mean, I know his name. I ask people their name. I present myself to people. It's just polite. And so I said, Gilbert, how are you doing? And he says, actually, I'm hurting. He said, I had an operation. You know, he's got huge half cow's uh, hanging in, have you ever been to a butcher in Europe? It's very different than here. Not everything's under plastic, okay? And he says, I had an operation on my shoulder. It didn't work. I'm hurting. So I go out to the car, and I said, Laura, Gilbert's hurting. So she jumps out of the car. Now, she hasn't met him ever before, okay? But Laura's never met a stranger. <laughs> Girlfriend. So anyways, I go in, and I go, Gilbert, John told me you had an operation that didn't work. And he says, yes. And I said, Gilbert, can I pray for you? And he says, yes. Now, being a good Catholic, he thinks I'm going to go to a church, buy a candle, and light it. So I reach my hand across the meat counter, and he thinks I'm shaking hands to say goodbye. Ha, ha, ha. Well, you know, when the Bible says you'll lay hands on the sick, it doesn't say it has to be on their head or on their neck. You know, it's the contact, touch. 
So I grab his hands, and I look him in the eye, and I say, pain, go, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. You're going to show Gilbert how much you love him. In Jesus' name, amen. And I leave. And he's like, so, so I run out and jump in the car, and we go home and cook our French fries and our steak. A week later. So I go back in a week later to get some more steak. He says, I'm totally healed. Pain is totally gone. Hallelujah. We have to realize we're just channels. We can't work something up. You just have to love people. And the more you pray for people, you'll find that that anointing will flow. You just get into a flow, and you'll know when it's time to do it. And you'll get into a conversation and think, now is the time to say something. You know, because we have to build relationships with people. You know, sometimes it might be just a one-off relationship, so you go foot forward. Sometimes, you know, I'm building this, but... Let's obey and see healing. You got another one? You're going to get some exercise tonight, yeah. aren't you? Get my walk, in my, all my steps. And so anyway, we fly a lot. In Europe, if you book early enough, if you book like a few weeks ahead or a few months ahead, your tickets are very inexpensive. There's a company called EasyJet. So if you want to visit Europe, it's the way to do it. Anyway, we were flying to come back to the States. And I was really tired because we've done a lot of things because we fly all the time. I get on the plane, and I'm ready to put my headphones on and listen to my messages, you know. I've got things that I've on voice message that I record, so I listen. And John's like, you got to talk to this lady next to you. And I'm like, but John, I don't want to talk to her. And he says, Lord, you got to talk to this lady. Now, I know she's tired, and I don't really want to bother her, and usually I don't have to tell her anything. But it just kept coming up inside, and she was sitting next to her. I wasn't. So I said, Laura, talk to her. So we're flying from Nice to London. And this lady, we introduce each other, we start talking, and she starts telling me all the sicknesses that she's got. She's got crippling hand disease, and oh, I mean, the list goes on. So finally I said, can I pray for you? She doesn't have anything to lose when we're sitting on the plane. So, I, so she said, sure. So I pray for her, and her hands instantly straighten out. And she's like, wow, my back's bad, too. So anyways, you know what, you guys? You just got to take the moment. Yes. So you need to go into all the world, and you have to be prepared to touch people, to talk to people, to love on people. Someone shared the gospel with you. I don't know how it happened. Do you remember? Are you eternally grateful to that person? Because I am. They made it simple for me to get saved. They were an example before me, but I think I want to be that for someone else. And healing is just... Uh, Janet Brzee, Mark's wife, uh, sings a song called... I don't know if it's her song, Beth, you probably know. Um, healing the, the, the Dinner Bell. Do you remember that song? Yeah, the, the healing is a dinner bell. It's calling people home. And when people sicken their body, we have healing. I don't know if you realize that, but you have that pillar of fire and that pillar of cloud inside you. You have the greater one inside you. And, and he, he is a healing God. And he wants to get out. You know, and if we're, if we're reserved, you know, as I said, we get scared. We're going to get something. We're going to pick up a virus or get some germs. You know, you can go wash your hands afterwards, but greater is he that's in us. This, this story, I think it was Smith Wigglesworth, wasn't it? Or was it, um, no, it wasn't Smith Wigglesworth. It was the guy in South Africa, John G. Lake, who asked them to put the foam that came out of the mouth on his hand and put it under a microphone, microscope. And they said they saw the foam of all this virus dying in his hand. He says, yeah, because I, I've got life in me. And that's death. And life overcomes death. And that's a word for you. 
You have life in you. You have eternal life in you. And you need to share that with people. And if you get it flowing, it's going to touch your body as well. I remember when we were in church in Tulsa, the pastor would say, who needs healing? We were thousands of people in church, so he didn't ask them to come down. He said, put your hand up, and if there's a believer, someone who believes in healing, would you put your hand on the person? So we would lay hands on me, and then he said, I would like a few testimonies, and people came up to give testimonies. Maybe they have 10 really quick testimonies, and I would say eight, if not nine out of 10, were people who said, when I was praying for the person who put their hand up, I got my healing. You know, it has to flow through us, but you have to, you have to, intentionally decide, I've got something for the people around us. Because we live in this, in, this, in this world today where if someone lives in a big house and has a big car and has a big bank account, we think they're more important than us. But we have a big God and we have healing and we have life. We have eternal life. And wouldn't it be sad if we respected them too much and let them go to hell? There are people in your neighborhood who have never heard the gospel. They've never heard about Jesus. They don't know that he rose from the dead and he paid for their sins. Wouldn't it be sad that because you hesitate, because you go, oh, he's a PhD in this and that, what does it matter if he's a PhD? The most intellectual people, the most famous people in this world seem to have the biggest problems when it comes to just normal, normal relationships. We have Jesus. You have the most precious, most valuable thing. And healing is just... It's just that bell that opens the door that calls them home. You want another story? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Jesus said, in this world, you will suffer tribulation, persecutions. You don't even have to believe for it. It just comes. And, and, and sometimes when you're in the perfect will of God, it seems like all hell breaks loose against you. Like you're trying to take a new step forward. And I felt tonight that there was doors that were opening in the spirit realm for you, for you as a church mm. and for you as individuals. Mm. And you need to say, I'm going to obey and go through that door. Mm. When God told us that we were supposed to travel, that John was supposed to travel, because we, we when we first went to France for eight years, we didn't travel at all. We, we'd come, I would come back to the States for a month to see my family. Um, but John would leave the church two weeks, but we never went away. And then God supernaturally told us that we had to go to Africa. And that was my nightmare. I never wanted to be a pastor's wife. I never wanted to be a missionary. And I never wanted to go to Africa. You know why I didn't want to go to Africa? There's cannibals there. And sometimes you eat rats. <gasps> I'd heard all these missionary stories. and I didn't want to go there. And also you have to wear really funny hats. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, I was praying with our youth group. And all of a sudden, I saw myself on a stage with John, and all I saw were the back of the head's people. And it was, I knew that we were to preach to a new group of people. So we had a Saturday night service, went home, ate a bowl of cereal, and went to bed. And the next morning, woke up, the presence of God was in the room. And I woke up and I said, John, God's got a new group of people that he wants to share the gospel with. Mm -hmm. He said, I know it. So he left, he walked to church, it was about three miles away, so I could have the car. I put the kids in the bathtub and gave them a bath. They were little. The telephone rings. And this is pastor from Africa. He says, hi, I'm going to be in church this morning. I said, great. You can walk from the train station to the church. That's not what you tell an African pastor. Anyway. And so he, he, he and I said, uh, I'm preaching in Cannes this morning because we had a church in Cannes at that time. And I said, I'm preaching in Cannes, but we'll come home. We'll have lunch. And then we'll get to meet. I hang up the phone, and the Holy Ghost says, you're going to Africa? 
And I said, okay. And so I go to church, and John said, he, Pastor has invited us to go to Africa. And I said, yes, I know. He said, what? I said, I'm going to go. He said, this is in 12 days, Christmas Day. Anyway, it was just amazing. But when we came back, all hell broke loose against our finances. And so it was like, oh. So anyway, we went a long time with a very small salary. Loads of people left the church. And I got a job in Monaco. And when I was in Monaco, uh, I, would, I said, listen, I'm going to work a month, and I'm taking a month off. When you start a new job, you're, you're working a month, and then you're taking a month off. Now, waiters in France are professionals. But I had an American thing that said I was the greatest waitress trainer they'd ever seen because I worked for Swenson's. So anyway, I, 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 go, I come back from one of our trips, and they give me the hardest section that's furthest from the kitchen. And it was where Prince Albert would come to eat and everybody, all the, all the players for the Monaco team. It was the happening place. And I had great Tex-Mex food, really good. Anyway, um, I go in, and usually the guys would, I'd have to open the bottles of wine. Now, I'm not really good at opening a bottle of wine. So I had a, my cowboy hat on, you know, my Texas-looking clothes, and I'd say, would you mind opening the bottle of wine? I mean, that's my job. That's what they're paying me to do. And most guys said, sure, no problem. Pop, and they got it off. But for me, I'd have to stick it between my legs and pull it, you know, because I just didn't have the strength to do it well. And this guy says, no, I'm sorry. I can't pull the bottle of wine. He goes, I have something's wrong with my hand, but my friend will do it. I said, what's wrong with your hand? He said, I don't know. I've been to the acupuncture doctor, and he lists about five different doctors. I said, if you want, I'll pray for you. He, said, he thinks I'm going to go buy a candle, light it, you know. The music's beaming, just bumping, bumping. Everybody's grinding. And um, I lay hands on his, on his hands, and I look him in the eye, and I say, pain, go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God, that you're going to heal him. And I leave and go put the, the order in and come back with the steak and knives. He goes, ma'am, my hand's totally healed. He goes, do you know my name? Now he thinks I'm a healer. I said, sir, I have no idea what your name is, but my, all my tables are full. He goes, it's Emmanuel. I go, yes, Emmanuel, and God's with you. Hallelujah. Um, I better get back to my notes. Avoiding, <laughs> avoiding people isn't going to help you keep you safe. Uh, it may keep them out of heaven. Uh, the monasteries and, co and, and convents, I don't know if you had monasteries and convents here, I don't think you did, but in Europe, uh, the, the, the monks hid themselves away in monasteries and the nuns hid themselves away in convents, and that was the dark ages in Europe. They forgot that Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel. They took vows of silence. They took vows of poverty. I think we need to take vows of prosperity because of the world that needs us, and we have hearts of generosity. And we need to take a vow of speaking. You should ask God, say, every day I want to talk to someone about you. Could you do that? Mm, I challenge you, yeah? It doesn't help anyone to hide yourself away. We need to go and preach the gospel. So I wanted to give you just a few verses on obedience. I think you know them. But obedience is better than sacrifice. And I'm talking about obedience and, he and healing, okay? Okay? Yeah, some of you are going to wake up this week, going to start a new week, and you're going to go, the Holy Spirit's just told me I'm going to pray for someone this week. And go, okay, yes, Lord. You know, you can't say no, Lord. You can't put no and Lord in the same statement, okay? 
It's yes, Lord. Yeah, okay. 1 Samuel 15, 22. We don't have to perform. We don't have to make anything up. Healing, yeah, is part and parcel of being a Christian. Now, if you're not sure that healing is for debt today, you need to get these books and you need to get back in your Bible. I would encourage you just to take any of the Gospels, maybe Matthew to start with, and just read through the Gospel and find the verse that Jesus said, no, healing is not for you. The only time that he said healing wasn't for somebody, it was some, someone who came to him who was not uh, under the old covenant, wasn't a, 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 um, an Israeli, wasn't a Jew. And she said, yes, but because he said that healing was the children's bread, and she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall under the table. And she went away with her child's healing. We see individuals that get healed. We see whole crowds that get healed. But you need to convince yourself because it'll do you good, but it'll mean that when you pray for others, you'll just see that anointing grow. You'll see the power of God come out. 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, And Samuel said, Had the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. To obey is better than sacrifice. Isaiah 1.19, we like this verse. My, my wife is from northern Minnesota where the snow is on the ground for six months of the year. January, it goes to minus 40. Northern Minnesota is. Anyone been there? Good place to visit in the summer, maybe. But remember, remember that the state bird is the mosquito, though. But people say, well, how come you get to live? Maybe people ask you the same question because it's so beautiful. How come you get to live in, in, in California? How come we get to live in Nice? Yeah? Laura always quotes this verse, Isaiah 1, 19. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. I think in every land across the world, there's good. We have to be willing and obedient. What has God called you to do? I believe he's called you to share the gospel with others. I believe he's called you to pray for people. I believe he's called you to touch people with that healing anointing. You back, Princess? I want to tell you a story about provision. In Haiti, there's these, there's these islands off the, uh, off the mainland, and they had a sechuches, that means a drought. And the people were literally dying of, of, hunger. of hunger. And some of our Rhema graduates from, uh, that are Haitians from Quebec went to the south coast, uh, to Haiti, and went to the island and prayed with the people. And it started to rain. So obviously the, the, the drought was over. But not only that, soft-shelled crabs came out of the ocean on the shore by the thousands. Tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. And they all ate. Pastor Mike said last week that the manna followed them. When they were walking through the desert, the manna followed them. And I believe the water which came out of rock, followed them also in the desert. When you walk in God's will, there's always provision for you. It says, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the best or the good of the land. You know, it's something I've learned. When Abraham was, I can't remember, Ur in the Chaldees, is that where he came from, Abraham? When he was there, God couldn't say, 
I'm giving you this land, because he didn't have a GPS, he didn't have a map, he didn't have a Google Earth. He had to go. God told him to leave his family and to go. And when he got to that place, God said, now I want you to look to the north, look to the south, look to the east, and look to the west. I will give you all this land. And that's why we have to go. And maybe you think, I don't know what to say. How do I talk to people? You have to practice. How do I tell someone about Jesus? You have to practice. You'll learn what to say and what not to say. It's a, it's a wonderful... You know. This book is called Nakizi Padjur, and you've got it back there. It says, don't blame God. If you don't know how to talk to people, read this mini book. Mm-hmm. Or better yet, if you don't have time to talk, say, read this book and then give it back to me when you're done. Thank you. God couldn't tell Abraham that this was the place where he was going to prosper him and give him success, where his people would be, until he moved. And we can stay at home and pray. We can stay in the church and pray. But the moment we get up and go out, you can do evangelistic shopping. You know, the people in the shops, they, they'd love a, a, a hello, how are you doing? We just shock people now. When we go in the shops in France, you know, because you have to say bonjour. If you don't know another word in French, no bonjour, okay? Because if you go to the shop and don't say bonjour, you've insulted them. So you start bonjour, and they go, oh, bonjour. And then we say, comment allez-vous? which means, how are you doing? And they go, wait a minute. They've treated me as a real human being. And then look at them, expecting a reply. How are you doing today? Not a, how are you doing, but I don't really want the answer because it might get complicated here. Because sometimes they'll tell you, I'm a bit tired. I've been working all day. And you say, and have a, start a conversation with you. It starts with, hello. People need you so much. And they need what you've got inside you. They need Jesus, and they need healing. Acts 1.8. Really, really important scripture. Do you know it? You shall receive power. They asked him. They asked Jesus. He's risen from the dead. He's, he's, he's um, shown himself for 40 days, and they go, okay. So you're now going to throw the Romans out and you're going to establish the kingdom of David, aren't you? We think that they knew everything from the beginning. They didn't. They were learning every day. And Jesus goes, no, that's not what we're doing here. He says, but you will receive power after the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Have you received power? Yes? Have you been filled with the Spirit? We have power. We have the anointing. And it's like love. You keep love in your heart. It's like having a car that you keep in your garage. Now, if it's a vintage car and you want it to appreciate and value, perhaps you don't want to drive it. But most of us have cars to drive to get from A to B, don't we? Love is the same. You, know, you need to take it out of the garage. And give it to people, and it will grow. And it's the same with the anointing. You know, they take it out and pray for people. Touch them. Love them. You say, well, I'm not sure I know how to help them. I'm not sure what to do next. Just invite them to church then. The church knows what to do with them. Yeah, live, live Christ in front of them, love them, and then bring them to church with you. Church will take care of them. 
So we're so concerned that we have to do all the rest. Well, there's a whole family to do the rest. I remember after, after graduation from high school, um, I met with some friends. They wanted me in the pub. That's where you meet in England. So I met with them, and I started sharing with one about Jesus. He said, I'm not interested. And I said to him, when you're interested, give me a call. And a few months later, he called me. He said, I'm interested. And I said, I'm gone. He said, what do you mean you're gone? I said, I've left for university. I said, but I have some friends. And I introduced him to my Bible study. And I went away to university. Three months later, I come back. And he's saved. Yay? He and his wife were the first couple we prayed for who couldn't have kids. Doctors said, you can't have kids. I don't remember all the, all the reasons. I didn't really, wasn't concerned. And we prayed for them. We told them it was God's will. And we prayed for them. And they had babies. It's wonderful, isn't it? Hallelujah. I think I've got two more scriptures. When they were persecuted in Acts, after Acts 3, you remember Peter and John were going to prayer and they prayed for this man who'd never walked and they healed him in Jesus' name. You remember that story? They came out of very heavy persecution and they were told that they should not talk anymore in the name of Jesus. And maybe people have told you, you shouldn't talk about Jesus. And you think, well, they have the right to talk about what I'm into. They have the right to talk about their football team or their bas baseball team or their basketball team. I, I mean, I like Jesus a bit more than that. He's, I'm a fan of Jesus. Are you a fan of Jesus? You know, so I have a right to talk about it. Um, they, the Bible says in Acts 4 that they went back to their company and they prayed. And they prayed an extraordinary prayer. And they asked God to give them boldness. And uh, that's what I'd like to pray for you, that God would give you boldness. I'm just trying to find where it starts. Acts 4.24, And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God in one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is that in them is. By, who by the mouth of thy servant David had said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for of a truth against thy holy child Jesus whom thou hast anointed. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, so this is the verse, it's important, okay, this is what they're going to pray. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And then he says, by stretching forth thine hand to, to heal. This is what they're asking. They say, give us boldness and stretch forth thy hand to heal. And you know Jesus doesn't have any other hands but your hands. You have hands? These are Jesus' hands now. If he's going to stretch forth his hands to heal, he's going to stretch them by my hands and by your hands. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. And I just want to skip across to Acts 15 verse 12. Because it says something amazing there. And it says, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. They asked for boldness and they asked that Jesus would stretch forth his hand and heal. Do you think we could pray such a prayer? 
Do you believe God could give you boldness? I'm sure as I've been talking, you've been thinking about people you should be sharing with. Start in prayer always. Make sure that you just, just love them, that the only desire for you for them is, is that they be blessed, that you love them. Jesus was filled with compassion. How many times do we read that in the Gospels? He was filled with compassion and he healed them all. Obedience. Be joyful. Let your joy be evident to all, not because of your circumstances, but because your name is written in the book of life. Our best days are in front of us, not behind us. And then go. Every day, go. If it's at the sandwich shop, if it's uh, getting gas, I don't know. Sometimes it's just getting gas. Sometimes it's, it's paying a bill. Sometimes it's in the, in, in the line. I, I've learned from my wife just to talk to everybody all the time. We used to send our kids out to play and to parties, and we said, remember, talk to strangers. <laughs> we told our kids, if you go to a party and you're not having fun, come, call us, we'll come and pick you up, because we always have fun at home. Do you have fun at home? I keep telling people all the time, say, you don't like the atmosphere in your house, change it. If you don't like the color of your kitchen, paint it. If you're as good at painting as I am, pay for someone else to paint it. <laughs> but you don't like the atmosphere in your house, you need to change it. You need to change the music, you need to change what you're listening to. You just, you know, because I've seen people move from house to house trying to find the place, you know, looking for heaven on earth. Well, it's in you. You have to bring it into your house. Just decide. Your best days are in front of you. You're going to start today. Should we pray? I have two, two things, Pastor, if it's okay with you. Um, one is Laura has a really strong anointing. You've heard some of the testimonies. There's so many more. And if there are people that like have hands laid on them, and one thing she said, and one thing we've learned, it's not a long prayer. If you're praying a long prayer for someone to be healed, you're missing it. Jesus never prayed a long prayer. Now, the only long prayer he prayed, he, he, was, he was praying for us, for his disciples in, in John 17. But well, she'll pray a very brief prayer for you, but the anointing will be strong. So if there are people that like prayer, there, is there anybody that like prayer? Because I don't want to, anybody wants prayer? Oh, quite a few of you, okay. So is it okay if they come over here and Lord can pray for them there? And I don't know, but is there people, is there anyone here that's not filled with the Holy Spirit and, and needs to be filled with the Spirit? Anybody who would love, like prayer for that? You don't speak in tongues or you stop speaking in tongues? Because as, as strong as Laura's anointing is for, for, for healing, mine, mine is for, for getting people filled with the Spirit. Yeah? Is there anybody who would like prayer for being filled with the Spirit? Or? No, we're all good here? Okay, I assume you're good. Or Okay, would you like to stand up? We're going to pray for boldness. Is that good? And then you can come just simply to, to, to Laura and get prayer. Uh, I'll let Pastor dismiss because we don't want to hold you up. And don't forget the books, okay? God's Medicine, Don't Blame God, Health Food, 30, 365 Days of Healing. Those are great books, okay? They'll order them if you buy them, but you should all have those books. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. It is so good, so good to hear your word and so good to know that we are useful in this life that we can help people come to you. And Father, we believe that healing is the dinner bell that calls people, that people can never again say they don't believe in God once you've touched their bodies. And Father, I ask you give all my brothers and sisters here boldness, holy boldness, 
to share with those around them what you've done in their lives and what you want to do in their friends' lives, in their neighbors' lives, in their colleagues' lives. Father, I thank you. Father, we're just so blessed to see this healing school in this church every week. And we thank you that healing is going to flow out of here like never before. And people are going to flow into here like never before because they've been touched by healing. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. It is your desire. Oh, you showed, Father, you want to heal crowds, but you're concerned for each and every individual. Father, we ask for boldness in Jesus' name. Do you want to pray for me? And Father God, we speak to those doors to open, mm -hmm. the doors of utterance mm -hmm. that are necessary for our friends here. We bless them in the name of Jesus, and we just thank you that they are saturated with the love of the Father from the top of their head to the tips of their toes. And I thank you they will be so moved with compassion that the love of God that's been shed abroad in their hearts will be released as they transmit by their words and their actions the power of God that abides within. And we say, according to Romans 5.5, 5, that the love of God that's been shed abroad in their hearts sets them free from hindrances culturally or <laughs> just that are in society today, that they could be themselves and have being fun who they are in Jesus' name. So when I lay hands on you, I'm going to release the anointing. I'm going to add to your faith because you guys are, most of you, you're here because you're believers. So it's just like Aaron and her. Sometimes you need a little help. Sometimes you need somebody to just lift up your hand. And so what I'm going to do is just set myself in agreement, and we're just going to release the deposit that's on me to manifest with you. So it's not negating your prayer of faith, but it's just hooking up with you and saying, we're going to push this puppy over, okay? Hallelujah. Pastor Mike, you want to, I don't know how we want to do that. If people just want to come forward, just come forward and, and Laura will pray with you. Is that good? Yeah? Yeah. If you'd like Laura to lay hands on you, come up to the front right now, please. Mm -hmm. And line up across the, the front. Hallelujah. Let's make just a line, yeah. Come, come, come close, come in. Hallelujah, that's good. Come on, come on. Don't stand behind anybody, though. Stand side by side, yeah, please. Yeah, side by side. We can just make a nice long line. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And what I've learned is the best thing to do to receive is just you lift, lift your hands. Okay, just lift your hands to the Lord. We know it's not Laura that heals. It's Jesus that heals. Amen? Hallelujah. You have to always remind people of that in France. Yeah, we're not healers. We're, we're just, just channels, and it's going to flow in you. And you might want to pray until she comes. When, when she comes, stop praying and just receive. She's going to pray for you. We would love your prayers. Okay, you can take a card afterwards, stick it on your fridge and pray for us. We need your prayers. But just let Laura pray for you, okay, and let that anointing flow. It's going to... In the name of Jesus. 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 Oh, I just say it's got to go right now. And I just say these hands are used to heal the sick. Use it, Father God. Use those rivers of living water that flow within him. And we command it to flow. That it be a gusher. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God, yeah, yeah. for the power of God mm. saturating his body mm. from the top of his head to the tips of his toes. Mm. And we say those symptoms have to go in Jesus' name. Oh, restoration. Restoration of the Don't years the locusts have eaten. Oh, right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, and on that beach, you'll just shine so bright. People would come run and say, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? And I say in Jesus' name, your tongue is loose, and you can share the treasures that are in your heart. Oh, and you'll be known on the beach as the man of God. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, the precious love of the Father. Oh, it's filling you up right now in Jesus' name. So they're going to walk and talk with her. It's going to be so Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're very concerned how people die today. We always want to say how they died. They died of a heart attack. They died of a stroke. You know, you have to decide when you die, you're going to die of old age, having fulfilled what God's called you to do. And let's just go stronger and stronger until it's time to go. Amen? Hallelujah. Lift up your voices. Come on. Pika somanti kichere seke. Enyenu kusto to barestanu kusto do borto dimingi. Kono mano sta gama gama na sta ngo mano tondi kende kesta. So lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and see the harvest field. We're waiting for you. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Symptoms go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, we lose that anointing. Oh, the flowing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And you thought it was Look at your hands. These hands are made to love. To love our children and our grandchildren. To love our neighbors. But these hands are made for healing. Wonderful story Brother Hagen talked about. A lady who had never learned to read. But she learned to read when she got saved. And she read in the Bible, they shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And she went door to door in her neighborhood and said, one thing I can do now, I can read and I can lay hands. And she'd knock on people's doors and she'd say, is anyone sick here? And they said, yes. She said, well, can I read the Bible to them? And she'd go one, two, three days 
reading the Bible to them. After three days, she would see faith in them and she would lay hands on them. And he said that she had a huge percentage of the number of people who received their healing. She said, no training, no, no, no uh, abilities that the, word, the world would run after. But she learned that she had healing when she read the word. We can all do that. You can do that. Just, just enjoy your hands. Let them be hands of blessing. We know that people are using hands today to abuse, but that shouldn't stop us from using our hands to bless. That's what they're called for, blessing. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you. And let that anointing work in you now. Some of you felt something very strong. Other of you didn't feel anything at all. We don't, have, we don't go by feelings, but you believe. Just hook up with that anointing. You know, we've seen so many instantaneous healings, but we've seen as, as many progressive healings where people have gone two, three, four days just com confessing, I believe the healing anointing is working in me. And some, it's two or three weeks later, they suddenly go, oh, I don't have that pain anymore. And you can go and see the doctor and verify if you want to, but you know when the pain's gone, the pain's gone. But you have to just work with that anointing. It is flowing in you. Amen? Yeah. Healing belongs to us, but it's not for us to keep. We, we keep health, but we share healing with the world. Amen? Are we almost done, princess? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. Yeah. Wonderful. I think we're done. Thank you, Pastor. Could you could you take those back to the, the bookstore? Thank you. Let's lift our hands and worship God. Yes. Oh. Especially if you were prayed for. Thank Him for what you received by faith. If you can tell a difference, that's great. But if you can't tell a difference yet, that's okay too. We worship you, Lord. We bless you, Holy Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding us into truth. Guiding, guiding us into the reality of our healing. We bless you, Lord. You are our healer, Jesus. We magnify your name. We magnify your holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this after me. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I am the healed of God. Amen. Amen. Well, don't forget about the books and the things that are on the, the back table. Be sure and hug John and Laura's neck. Tell them what a blessing they've been. Have a great week.